Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Ask a Manager. We got a great show for you tonight. We're going to be talking about EPs, LPs, single rollouts, whatever your release schedule might, might be. We're going to be talking about the pros and cons, budget, your marketing, maximizing your revenue. We have an amazing special guest here tonight, Jeremy Gruber. He is the head of artist marketing at Friends of Work. He's a partner at Foundy, and he's an adjunct professor at USC Thornton School of Music. So we're going to get right to it. <music> How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm I'm just recovering from jet lag a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in Italy last week for about as much time as I was traveling to and from Italy, so a little bit drained, but I'm here for this. Wouldn't miss it. Right on. Uh, glad to be back again. So what were you doing there? Um, so I, in addition to artist management, I also work at Studio 71, which is a digital media company that represents a lot of influencers, YouTube channels, podcasts, you name it. Um, and I head up their music strategy uh, around the world. So this is less about handling specific talent, but more about business to business and other kind of like operational stuff, content ID, whatnot. So we have a, a large media partner out there who is um, tapping us to do some of their online administration. I had to fly out to do a whole lot of conversation stuff, across uh, the language barrier that can't be done over email, that kind of thing. I saw you had a post there that you're going to South by for more business. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, lost sound there for a second, but um, South by is going to be a great time. I haven't been. I've only been once actually, and that was four years ago. So if anybody's going to be at South by, I'll see you there. All right. So what? So what other like new projects are you working on, or anything? Uh, any artists that you work with, or you're looking forward to, especially going down to South by? Yeah, um, actually, apropos of today's discussion uh, about. Uh, release strategy and things of that nature. Uh, I had a phone call with an artist in Iceland today and um, the Sony team out in Europe about an upcoming album release and the concept of are we going to present this as a band artist? Are we going to use a moniker? All these kind of things. Um, you know, important discussions that are going to dictate the next like 10 years at least of this guy's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having to make those uh, discussions happen over the phone early in the morning for me, late in the afternoon or evening for them. Um, but, but hopefully we see that record coming out, uh, a single coming out in a couple of months and then the album coming out later this year. Mm-hmm. Well, always, I found LA to be one of the, uh, worst time zones to be in, in the music business, at least New York, we can be up early, start, you know, talking to Finland backwards, Sweden, Denmark, UK, we get a little break. Then we can work in New York and then the West Coast starts waking up and then we can deal with that. Ugh. Whereas the L.A. time zone just really offsets everything. That's it's miserable. I mean, listen, a 4 a.m. phone call is not my idea of a good Monday, but <laughs> uh, you do what you got to do. Right. Yeah, I, I was doing things with uh, Ty- when I was doing a lot with Taiwan years ago. I would have calls with them at 10 o'clock at night till midnight, then wake up Ugh. and start on the on the line with Finland. So. Life of life <laughs> of the manager. <laughs> we got to figure out what, what the solution is going to be. I think at some point we have one universal time zone and we all just kind of some people have to sleep at night. Some people have to sleep during the day. Well, that you go if you go north or really south of the equator that we have, you can have like 20 hours a daytime, 20 hours a night, depending on what season you're in. It might work out. I think you're on to something. So, uh, Sam, we we have Jeremy's gonna is gonna be on the show tonight. So I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, I did send you out, uh, and when I caught this, uh, I caught this article. I'm gonna pull it up here, and it was 
kind of a perfect timing because somebody was uh, an artist was approached me about you know talking about like hey i'm thinking about releasing an ep or a singles rollout uh i'm not sure of my strategy and i i just happened to come across this article and i said well we need to really have a discussion about this because there is a lot of pros and cons to doing something like this so first like let's go back to like the old school what the LP is and the EP, so the long play, extended play, going back to the records, 33 and a third, so you can get 15 to 22 minutes per side. You could probably get like 22, uh, 10 to 12 songs. EPs were shorter. Not like Then it came like when you had the CDs and they had the maxi singles. So, you know, they, you, they talk about in this article, and I'm going to share the article in the show notes, uh, like a couple ideas about how to use EP today is the one was talking about maintaining a release schedule. So there's something going on and, um, or like using it as a pre-studio or a stopgap. Uh, the other is fulfilling an undesirable contract, which I know I've pulled that one off before. And like, like they're like, Hey, you, you have an option here. And I'm like, Hey guys, where's all your B sides. And like, let's make it an EP and we'll tack on some remixes to fulfill this contract and we'll move on. So, you know, what, you know, before we get Jeremy, I just want to ask, what is your initial thought on releasing albums versus EPs versus a single rollout schedule? Well, I'm a, I'm a really big fan and proponent of EPs at the moment, um, there's always going to be a place, I think, for LPs and singles for for full length albums. I mean, we're going to lose the concept of what a, an LP is since they're as booming as the vinyl business might be. We're still thinking in terms of like the mainstream um, full length albums. I mean, I've got a full length album coming down the pike this year. I've got a couple of EPs as well, and I think it just serves a matter of a different purpose. And frankly, starting an artist, uh, how much punch really is there and so fortunately for the for the artist who's doing the full-length album every song in my opinion is super strong and could stand on its own uh an ep you know if you have fewer songs that can really punch above their weight then you want to make sure you package as tight short and sweet as possible and singles frankly like if you just want to extend out what you're doing and your conversation with the fan is just getting started a series of singles might be a good idea or if your output just isn't that high um that if you did an album, you'd be off the map for a year or more, mm -hmm. then yeah, get some singles out into the world and keep the conversation lively. But I think, you know, what we're talking about, at least at the outset here in 2020 is pace. Um, the entire digital media landscape relies on pace. And um, I think we're going to start to see music more and more adopt that even as much as we already have. Mm -hmm. All right, Sam, uh, we have a very special guest, uh, Jeremy Gruber. So why don't we just get right to him, bring him up onto the screen. Jeremy, how hey are guys. you? Hey. I'm doing well. How are you? Hey, Good. How, how was your me. Yeah. How was your week? Well, just getting started, uh, but things are good. It's, you know, it's been busy. We're, uh, we're announcing tours. We've got, we're announcing albums, all kinds of good stuff going on. So tell us a little about, first of all, like uh, you're involved in many different areas. So tell us a about Friends at Work. Yeah, I am the head of artist marketing and digital strategy at Friends at Work. Um, the job really started focused on digital about four years ago, but 
if you look at the world we're in now, marketing for an artist goes across all platforms and digital is you know, part of it, but it's, it's really everything at this point. Um, so Friends at Work is, an, is a management company. Uh, we manage John Legend, Lindsey Sterling, Raphael Sadiq, um, a number of developing acts, uh, a great songwriter named Ruth Ann, uh, Frawley, Spielberg, um, developing songwriters named Voila. There's just some great bands and, and artists across the board. Um, and we provide them with services in addition to marketing. So in addition to just traditional management, I mean, right. so I'm there to provide marketing services and strategy and make sure that their, their content is distributed. Um, so what I, what I consider kind of digital or artist marketing is focusing on the distribution of, of content and their messages out to their audiences. Mm -hmm. So it's that communication directly from the artist to their fans. Right on. And, and then there is the one, you're a partner at found, foundy, found.ee. Yes. Yeah. Found.ee uh, actually recently opened up the platform. So anybody can sign up for an account now. It was invite only until last week. But now if you go sign up, you can get an account. It's a uh, marketing technology platform focused on the music industry, uh, primarily designed for ad buying. So uh, that we have access to full ad networks reaching over 99% of the internet. Uh, but it's a directly attached to a fully functional data management platform, uh, URL shortener, pretty much a uh, marketing page generator. We even have a system now where you can make um, HTML5 rich media um, ads on the platform in the cloud. No, no wow. need to do graphic design anymore. So you can make your ads and deploy oh, yeah. them directly within the site uh, that just launched 10 days ago. So it's really a full suite, everything from the independent act, uh, independent artists doing it themselves all the way up through managers. Like I use it for, I use it for John Legend and Lindsey Sterling every day. So uh, it's really uh, meant for everybody. Um, and it's just a great way to help people reach their audiences, manage their audiences, and, and hopefully grow those audiences without. Uh, I mean, talk about stress testing that platform when you have artists like uh, John and Lindsey and, and acts of that caliber. I mean, I, I can't imagine it's a, a stress free. Uh, moment when you're running your own product for artists you know, that scale. The best, yes, that is true. Um, but the best uh, stress test you can get is Chrissy Teigen tweeting your link. If you've got a URL <laughs> shortener that is collecting data uh, based on people clicking that link and go to your content, Chrissy Teigen is, you're never going to get a bigger traffic flow than that. <laughs> and we did right. have that last week and it worked great. And we collected a lot of audience and uh, her, her fans and John's fans seem to really love uh, John's new music. So nice. Very that's all that cool. matters. It's all about it's all about the artist bringing out the good music. Exactly. Fantastic. So, so you know a little bit about marketing and about being a manager, <laughs> and, and a little bit, just yeah. a, just a little bit. Uh, so, you you heard us talking earlier about the EPs, the LPs, uh, single rollouts, and uh, Sam, you had some really you had some really good points. Uh, on your thoughts about, you know, the different formats, but the usage. Uh, you know, Jeremy, just right off the top of your head, looking at EPs and LPs and single rollouts, if we were to break it down to, say, you know, more established artists, it's easier they can do whatever they want. I mean, Kanye can call up and say, release the album tomorrow, and they'll try to do that. <laughs> but when you're we're talking about those, like, fledgling, like, or just starting to break artists, what it 
is it is a genre defined? Does like does the genre also reflect? Should it be singles? Should it be LPs, EPs? What are your thoughts on that? And then we'll just kind of dig in from there. Sure. Um, trying to it's it's, a, it's harder to think of where to start. Um, I think across the board, it is somewhat genre specific. Um, there is a fact we do a lot of singles. The single rollout into the EP is kind of our our flow these days. Um, and we think about them kind of both in tandem. Um, lots of our developing acts are thinking in terms of singles that roll up or in Spotify, they call it a waterfall um, into uh, an EP, which is usually for them four or five songs. Um, EPs can get a little longer, uh, but you know, generally we're doing about one to three singles into an EP. And that's how a lot of our artists want to release music. Now, obviously, there's economies of scale in recording songs together so it really depends on how that artist records uh we have um more pop oriented artists who do their own writing and production they're in the studio every day they can be pumping out singles all the time this band voila does that um and they're just always coming out with music and then really for them what they do next is a matter of what the art calls for if the songs make sense together um, and then for an artist, we have named Spielberg, who's more of a developing alternative act. Um, he's, you know, might use live instruments. He does a lot of producing himself, but he might use live instruments. There might be an economy of scale for studio time, in which case you do kind of want to record in batches. But again, it really comes back to the artistic statement um, that his albums vary a lot uh, by, by release. So it's not all the same the same sound. But we did, I mean, in the last two years, we did two singles for John Legend also. Um, and that had to do uh, just as much with uh, what he, just trying to keep the audience engaged. I mean, we're in a world now where um, music that gets promoted to streaming tends to do better on streaming. So there is kind of just once you get past there's this there's this area in between what you were talking about, the Kanye West, the Drake, the Rihanna, mm -hmm. the Justin Bieber, those people can do literally anything they want. And if you take a look at someone like Drake, he decided to put out three albums worth of content as one album, I think with Scorpion, um, if I'm getting the name of the album right. And John took a look at that, John Legend took a look at that, was, thought maybe like, maybe I'll do that too. Um, but Drake literally can do anything he wants and for having that content now, just lets the audience pick what they like, what they don't like, and it just right. drives everything up. Whereas everybody, not at that level, and that includes an artist like Lindsey Sterling, includes an artist like John Legend, where we're really trying to connect with new audiences every time. There's a, an amount of development, even in world-famous household name award-winning artists, there's an amount of development in trying to catch the audience's um, attention that really no matter what you do the marketing tends to come down to a song at a time like you really get a song at a time worth of marketing and, and Is, connection don't with, with you guys that, see that yeah with, with that being said uh the marketing so th this is a good time to like discuss you know the marketing strategy and the pros and cons or what you should be aware of the differences in doing an album a uh, cycle or an EP or a single rollout, does it affect your budget at all? Like Sam, have, what have you, have you seen any effects on, you know, the, the type of budgets that you're dealing with? I, you know, it, it, 
in a lot of cases, it comes down to how much time you have to spend rather than how much money. Um, a lot of the costs realistically come into the recording. And perhaps if you're hiring uh, third parties to help your thing along, publicists, ad specialists, you know, people that cost money. But if you're really kind of doing it yourself, and, and I'm going to presume for the sake of argument that we are, in our cases, you know, we're doing it ourselves. It's just there's a lot of ourselves uh, involved. And so it's a, it's a matter of time spent. And um, realistically, it takes about as much time spent to roll out a song as it does anything else. It's just a matter of how many songs. So if you do three singles in a span of nine months, you know, you're going to work on releasing those three singles. If you're releasing an album and there are three singles from the album, the, the album kind of gets lumped in with each of the singles marketing strategy and, and announced and talked about and, and so it, it doesn't really take that much extra time at least in, in some of the stuff that i've had the pleasure of doing and so to that end um i i kind of like the ep because it's this in between of a full length and a single and it's not like i'm uh, you know spending six months to release an album and then silence for whatever period of time while a tour is happening, a new album's being made, but also not the same as a single in that it's constantly trying to deliver some kind of promotional message. There's a little bit of time where we can, you know, ebb and flow between singles. We can kind of let the EP happen, give it some room to breathe, and then figure out what the next thing's going to be a few months later. I think what you're saying, Sam, is interesting because that's actually one of the things I don't think is fully matured yet in the streaming era. And that's this idea that um, the correct uh, pace of releasing content to the streaming services that keeps the audience engaged. You know, last I talked to Spotify about it, I think they were saying, you know, for most access, release once a quarter. And to your point, if you release an album, that's you no one's releasing an album every quarter. Um, right. So an EP becomes just a better choice. Same amount of content just released over time. Um, so that's an interesting way of looking at it. Now, I, as a fan, am still an album fan. You know, a lot of my favorite artists are songwriters and, and rock musicians where I want I want that album to drop. So I'm excited for that. So I think from a fandom perspective, I do st still think there's this love of albums and there's totally. this excitement around it. Um, but I do think from a marketing perspective, there's going to be, it's a very challenging conversation to have over um, having one complete thought in an album versus yeah. having a release schedule <laughs> that maintains the right marketing pace for the partner. You make the great point about what you want as a fan, and I think maybe my predisposition towards EPs comes from the fact that I like that as a format as a fan as well. That if I've got like five or six songs and it takes 20, 25 minutes to get through, um, to me that's like a nice digestible end-to-end -end package, whereas an album I have to actually sit and consider like, okay, so this is the amount of time I'm spending listening to this. I want to take in the entire thing. I'm not going to bookmark it and then come back and finish it later. Um, so that's just, I mean, I think it comes down to personal preference. You know, there's, there's not a right answer. And as you said, you know, Spotify probably doesn't have their own right answer at this point either. I think one of the things I do want to ask you about that, Jeremy, is thinking about Lindsey Sterling. Um, and I have a little bit of a point of relation here because outside of artist management, working at Studio 71, we deal a lot with YouTube creators uh, where their core business is a video a week. And if that's a, a record a week, you know, that's, that's other platforms 
outside of YouTube are probably not very familiar with or, or ready to help promote um, as much as YouTube's algorithm is concerned. I'd like if you could express and explain how Lindsay has either transitioned from one format to the other, how her uh, modality of release has, has differed as her career has developed, something yeah. about to that effect. This is something we think we think about all the time. YouTube is she Lindsay Sterling is now an established mainstream artist. Um, she is not a YouTuber in the sense that she was then. She's a YouTube first musician for sure, and she loves YouTube and she remembers. You know, it's, uh, she goes to the conferences and she participates and she maintains that channel. She's passed twelve million subscribers. If you don't know who she is, you should look her up. She's a great story. You know, we're talking about an artist who released an album and was number two on the billboard chart. Her second album came out at number two on the billboard chart. And she was not with no radio play. That's entirely developing an audience on YouTube. Yeah. YouTube has passed her, her type of artist by. It has not passed her by. We are on the phone with YouTube all the time. They love her, et cetera. But, it, but it's, they have changed their algorithm in a way that it now favors 10-minute videos released every Monday where uh, lo-fi talking to the camera. They've gone back to vlogging. And honestly, they don't favor premium music videos. And what Lindsay has been from day one is premium music videos. She always produced mm -hmm. premium music videos. Her first one had a $2,000 budget, and she shot it, and she wrote and produced it with her boyfriend. Um, and now they have fifty dollars to $100,000 budgets sometimes. But they're still, it's always been premium music videos. She's never been a vlogger. So the algorithm is never going to be there for that. Lindsay has become an album and a touring artist in a real way. Um, and she really does it because albums are projects. Writing is hard. Writing is a challenge for an artist. It is it's hard for many artists find it very difficult. So the idea of, you know, many artists have writing modes and touring modes. Some write all the time, you know, some write in sound check when you know, a lot of rock bands write in sound check, but not everyone. Some artists need a writing time and, and Lindsay likes to write towards an album and that's there's a reason for that. And she might do EPs in the future. We've talked about that a lot, um, but really, it comes back to what does the project dictate? What does the art dictate? What do people, what does the artist want to say? Because I think all of this boils down to is we are in a time now where whatever you put out there has to be a full package. It, it can be a single, it can be an EP, it can be an album, but it has to be a complete statement with mm -hmm. artwork, image, vibe all of that thought through in such a way that you you as an artist are guiding that your artist sorry i'm talking to managers but you know your artist is guiding that uh that path and whatever that dictates is really what it needs to be at this point and um that's really what Lindsay does is everything is a thought through project if you see her last few music videos they'll have characters and, and all that so if you weren't to have a team say you are you're DIY artist, you're you're getting some traction. You're building your fan base. You've been engaging with your fan base. Would it possibly be something to the strat like adding to your strategy before you start or while you're in the studio, just asking your fan base what would you prefer? I mean, that's the simple way to find out what your fans what are looking for because Sam wants an EP. Jeremy, you might want an album from that. So poll your fans, in essence. 
I think it's a fun idea. I mean, people, there have been, especially if you're a developing act, there have been fan engagement platforms, you know, that come in and out all the time. And, um, you know, I do think at the end of the day, it does come from the artist and, and what they can say, but I love talking to the fans, love hearing what they have to say and kind of incorporating that because they, they love feeling like they created something. So Sam, what, what have your artists been primarily focused on then? Well, I've got an artist named Tiger Darrow who's very focused on her singles, and we talk about rolling them up into an EP just to kind of present a cohesive package. But frankly, each of the singles stands alone pretty strongly, and she's very uh, 360 in terms of her art. So there's always some kind of video that's very particularly engineered for Spotify Canvas. There's always uh, like a IGTV version that's going to fit well vertically. Um, less focused for her on YouTube just because it hasn't been a platform that, that for her, but the other social media platforms do, especially Instagram. Um, whereas, you know, there's all kinds of more traditional stuff that, again, like I think the art does kind of drive it. And it, it's a bit of a conversation, a dialogue between the artist and the fan. And the fan's going to respond to something that, you know, maybe the artist didn't expect them to the fan drives something that wasn't expected to be the hit that then becomes like the, you know, memorable track from that record. But, um, you know, I think if you, if you only do singles, you don't give them the option of choice until the next thing. And maybe it starts to fall flat and it doesn't really build traction. But at the same time, if you give them an album, uh, or even an EP for some artists, that's just going to be a lot of material that the audience might not be ready yet to receive. So, um, you know, there's not a clear cut answer. I like having this sort of direct conversations with each of my artists and getting inside their a little bit about how they're thinking about their message that they want to deliver, how they expect to perform it live, um, and help that, let that kind of inform the, the packaging. Cause the packaging at the end of the day, it's a marketing decision, not a creative decision at ultimately, you know, we can, we can package it a few different ways. We can add deluxes, we can do remixes, we can break it into, you know, three singles, five singles, 12 singles that then are cascading to an album. Um, but, you know, the artist has to make their statement in some form or fashion. So, so then like, let's, I, I know we still have to wrap up very uh, shortly, but so if, what would be the biggest takeaway then for a suggestion and because we have artists and we have managers that are listening to this. So let's start. Uh, Jeremy, what would you say as a bet, like a suggestion coming that you would say to a manager in, in dealing with the, like their artist? And then what would you say to like an upcoming artist? Like what, like just a tip of. Well, um, I'm going to get a little, a little esoteric. Mm -hmm. um, so David Byrne wrote a book called How Music Works. And he wasn't the first person to point this out, but he did a really, really nice job of it. And he pointed out that music has always been influenced by the medium through which it was consumed. So that goes back to, you know, orchestral music and chamber music was written the way the chord structures were designed. was the, was designed, you know, or chamber music was designed to be played in a church that had a lot of reverb, things like that. Like we're in an era now where streaming has broken down everything. This that article that you were talking about. The EP existed because of what would fit on a 33 and a oh, 45 seven inch. And then the, the LP, the long playing album, existed because of what would fit on 33 and a third 12 inch. You know, that's that's all been broken down. 
Right. Um, I mean, an app, app, yeah, and Apple and Spotify will tag you as an EP, and it has to follow a certain criteria of to course, be yeah. labeled. So, yeah, so there's, there's that's criteria. The only, is, right, that's the only yeah. difference. Yeah, but like you could, if, if you're an artist, if you're a manager, um, so the advice to the manager is this: it, it sounds obvious, but I'll I'll get direct. It sounds obvious, but it's actually um, data driven um, and not necessarily that obvious. Uh, we look at the data around John Legend's most recent two singles. So he released two singles before the most recent one, and the most recent one is going on an album. The other, the other two did not. So we put out a song called Preach and a song called The Good Night in the last two years. Both of those songs maintain a position in the top 10 most streamed tracks at any time of the year. If you look at the last 28 days on a rolling 28-day basis, they are both in his top 10 most streamed tracks. Neither of them were big radio hits. His last big radio hit, Love Me Now, is up there. All of Me, the world-famous song, is up there. But so are these two songs that were not radio hits. So if you ask the question, I think it's a lot because we are now in an algorithm-based world. So as you release and promote songs directly to streaming if you succeed in getting into the algorithm you wind up in a certain amount of playlists a certain amount of editorial and a certain amount of support forever and you wind up outperforming you know if you're dealing with established artists you might outperform singles from their pre-streaming era um those two songs outperform songs like ordinary people which was john's first hit and green light which was a big hit with andre 3000 um those songs outperform those on streaming if you have a developing act, we did the same thing with Rafael Sadiq, who doesn't quite have the same streaming audience. What you wind up doing is by releasing the single strategically separated by three, four weeks, you wind up elevating your audience and telling the algorithm that these people are here. And you wind up creating this stepladder up of audiences that doesn't go all the way back down. So you wind up raising your floor of audience and creating new, new followers and new people. So I think that no matter what your end method is so your end statement whether it be an ep a single or an album is really an artistic statement that's an artistic question my point to a manager is to really think about that promotion schedule such that you're separating them in a separating them in a way and promoting songs the songs really are no matter what your your marketing nugget is a song that's about all you get to get people to consume from a marketing perspective. And then that will help raise your audience. And then you can use that to push up into the final project if there is something greater than that single. And then for an artist, my advice is to be as complete as possible with your art. And what I mean by that is don't just be thinking about song. Don't just be thinking about the music. Think about the reason you're making that statement, the visual elements that go along with it. Everything involved should be as controlled and engaging as possible. And then craft that to the best of your ability. And package it all up and put that bow on it. Exactly. All right. Sam, what, leading, uh, leading into you know, what your experience in, in your, your final wrap-ups, is I do want to just chime in with one other question because this the this question always comes about and I think we just mm -hmm. we've discussed it numerous times is you know getting on the playlist getting on curated playlists <laughs> does this does does ha does each have a different effect of getting on a playlist for longevity because you have the album cycle and you might have a few singles but if you're releasing into that waterfall does this does that have any effect on the potential for playlisting? I mean, Jeremy's probably going to have a much more analytical and deeper view into how this really works 
and probably far more conversations with Spotify than I have on a regular basis. But in my experience, especially coming from the sort of um, developing artist and independent artist side of the world, um, not particularly songs can have a sort of life. And if you look at somebody like uh, Abso Facto with Dissolve, I mean, that's a song that came out four years ago and is still kind of cruising at alt radio and getting some playlist love. Um, new songs can leap right into the queue um, or they might take their time getting there depending on when the fans decide to engage. And ultimately the refrain that I have is it's always going to be new to somebody, you know, it's, it's always going to be new every single day to somebody else on planet earth. It's always just how it is going to work mathematically. And so there's always an opportunity to introduce it to a new fan and to find new engagement and to find a new pocket of um, monthly listenership. And that's what's going to drive when that moment happens, when that engagement really kind of you know sinks in, is when it's going to light up all the signals and it's going to trigger some kind of algorithm of you know of a given platform on a given day, or it's going to you know set off an alert to a curator who says, "Hey, I'm going to check this out. Maybe I'm into it. Maybe it works for my next playlist." So it's, it's such an inexact science, even when it comes down to an exact prescription on the algorithm level that. I don't worry too much about trying to engineer towards that. And the idea of trying to write a song or record a song or whatever, or market it in a way that's favoring a playlist strategy or favoring a, you know, TikTok virality um, kind of just takes the focus off of what really matters, which as Jeremy, uh, you know, wisely points out is, is the song and the song will get the kind of response it deserves as long as you continue to push it to people who haven't heard it before. And I, I agree with that. Uh, it's new to somebody and uh, and length of time. And this just coincidentally, I found out two days ago, a track I did, I think it was nine years ago. I probably, uh, I remixed it like 10 years ago. It was released nine years ago. It just made it onto a compilation. So some, <laughs> okay. so somebody just, some other label picked up and said, can we put this on our compilation? And it's like, one of the one of the top charting songs on the compilation. So you never know when something's going to happen. So exactly. it just comes yeah. out to well, discovery. Well, just to add one more point mm -hmm. to what Sam yeah. said, Sam used a word that I use a lot in my office, and it's a, it's a moment. You know, a song can really have a moment. And what I've been really working towards this year and I've been really focused on since about the fourth quarter last year is trying to pay attention to and help predict or, and or create those moments. Um, so we have a developing act named Voila. Um, Voila, the guitarist, is a guy, uh, an actor and a model named Luke Eisner. And he was in a Netflix film called uh, Tall Girl. He played the tall guy, the uh, love interest. If you, if you know any teenage girls, they've probably seen it. And we got uh, a song that, they, that the band had already written called Stand Tall, synced in the movie. Very low you know, low fee sync just to get it in there. We released that version of the song with the female lead of the movie on the track. We did a remix of the song, put that out on the same day the, that the movie came out because we knew this Netflix movie was coming out. We knew all these things were going to happen. We knew we were going to have a moment. And you can't always predict that, but there are certain times, syncs, big articles, big, big um, TV appearances, if you're lucky enough to get those, um, be creating unexpected moments and taking advantage of those is how you do what Sam is talking about. 
Um, it's very easy to say out loud. It's very hard to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really what I've been focused on over the last like six months or so. Right on. I, uh, gentlemen, I think we covered a lot here. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of great information. So uh, thank you both, Sam, as always, being the co-host. And Jeremy, thank you for uh, you know joining us this time. We're going de- I, we have to have you back. That's uh, we're sure. going to figure. Let we're going to we're going to do a deep dive, and hopefully everything the tech the tech stuff will work out, and the live stream will be okay. Uh, but this, well, we're going to be posting this back up into the forum, into the group. So this is going to be uh, available for everybody to check out. And I think that's going to be it for today. So thank you, everybody. You have a great week, and we're going to catch up soon. Mm